That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Is this thing on? I guess it's on. Hello, my friends. Today's episode is, again, just me. Why, you ask? Well, it's a special episode because it is officially my 300th episode. And as much as I'm compelled to scream like Gerard Butler in 300, I'm not going to say this is out of patience in any other manner than just that. So what I did was I had an intern print out every single episode of my show in terms of the guest, the title, the theme. Got to give that guy some credit, real credit. But a caveat, it's not my actual 300th episode in the sense that I've done about 100 other bonus episodes in the last three years or so. But if you discount the bonus episodes, which I'm officially doing right now, says me, this is the actual 300th episode according to our fabulous platform that hosts this RSS feed. But with everything I do, there's always a story. And I figured I'd share with you how I first got behind a microphone and talked about advocacy. And the brief way that I got there happened in 2002 when I was just this loner kid navigating his 20s after cancer diagnosis with no friends and no real life. And I had a job and I found Livestrong through my friend Craig Lustig, who I think I've mentioned on the show. Craig introduced me to the National Coalition for Cancer Survivorship, a group you should check out. And through that and the origins of the Livestrong Young Adult Alliance, I met a woman named Selma Schimmel. Selma was a young adult cancer survivor many times over from the 80s and 90s, and she had the very first terrestrial, look it up kids, terrestrial AM radio broadcast. And she would lug like tons of equipment from cancer conference to cancer conference and record things live while she was there, do interviews and give away CDs to the attendees on site or after the fact that they were mailed to the attendees that captured the conversations. She was the original Howard Stern of healthcare. And we became very fast friends. We were both outliers and didn't really fit into the, you know, sort of sort of the cool kids crowd of cancer advocates on the fringe, on the edge, a little rebellious, a little precocious. And um, she was a like a big sister to me, a really, truly wonderful, beautiful woman. 
And she ran a nonprofit called Vital Options, and her show is called The Group Room. And I was a guest on The Group Room. I have to, like, dig through the archives to figure out where that episode might live somewhere. But one day, her nonprofit was approached by a, um, a very eager startup at the dawn of streaming in probably 05 or 06. And that company was called Now Live. And I... <laughs> They're now dead, but they were pretty innovative for their time. And they offered something called live blog streaming. That was the term back then. There were no real podcasts, but it was like a live talk show that streamed. But, you know, it wasn't like podcasts. Not like if you missed it, you could listen anytime. You're like, this was like you tuned in and that was it. And she went back to her board of directors, which I think were a little geriatric and conventional and they were like what is this internet thing you speak of and we don't want to do this so Selma talked to me and said how would you like to host the group rooms radio show on the internet and I said well you, you know if I'm going to do it it's going to be a little edgy I'll be probably rated R on the first episode and she's like, yeah, I wouldn't want you to do this and feel like, um, you know, golden handcuffed to my board of directors. So, of course, she went back to those folks and they're like, no, we don't want Matt. He's too edgy. We're a safe brand. We're whatever, whatever. So someone's like, all right, go fuck yourselves. Came back to me and said, you take it. It's yours. Hey, now live people. This is Matt. He's your guy. And I think it was like the fall of 2006. And I started to talk to these now live people. And it took a few months to understand the tech. And on May 28th, 2007, the stupid cancer show was broadcast for the very first time. And that is when my entire life changed in a way I could have never forecasted. And over the next 12 or 13 years, it was a live show. It streamed live. And if you missed it, you missed it, but it was extraordinary. And eventually it became a podcast first on iHeartRadio and then on Apple Podcasts. And then, of course, all the others ensued, you know, Stitcher and Spotify and whatnot. But it was such a privilege to interview hundreds and hundreds of people. I think there were 500 episodes. And at the end of the day, when I stepped down, there were probably close to 5 million streams. Like this is, this is not a shabby thing. A huge privilege. So when I stepped down from Stupid Cancer and I started this show, it's all because of Selma Schimmel. So I did want to pay respects. She did pass away a few years ago. You can Google her, Selma Schimmel. I will put show notes uh, with a link to her bio and her obituary. But I'm dedicating this episode to Selma Schimmel because if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be behind a microphone as the new Howard Stern of healthcare. It said someone else. I kind of like the term. I'm going to stick with it. So there you go. That is the origin story of me getting behind a microphone and saying, fuck all I want and getting paid to do it. Now, I got to say, I, I, I left stupid cancer. I stepped down in February of 2019, which I can't believe was over four years ago. And I did a bit of a Prairie Home Companion tour around the country visiting my friends and colleagues and asking them, what am I going to be when I grow up? 
what should I do now? And they all kind of said the same thing. We got to get you back behind a microphone, Matt. The world needs you to be, I don't know, precocious and provocative. And you're an entertainer, but you also are an advocate. And you you just like to call bullshit. You can say the things no one else is saying. You're saying what's in our heads. We're nodding our heads when you talk. All right. I'll do it. So, yeah, got behind a mic. I said, I'm going to do a show called Out of Patience because it's punny and I'm a dad and I can get away with it. I'm recording this on June 1st. Happy Pride Month. And I'm recording this three days after my 49th birthday and one month after my children's B'nai Mitzvah, Kobe and Hannah, indeed, turned 13. Maybe most of you listening know my children, For those of you who go way back with me, um, you probably watched them grow up. They are the official Truman Show children of young adult cancer. So I've had a pretty interesting couple of weeks, minus some food poisoning, but, you know, life's a sine curve, and it's better than the alternative. In fact, Mayor Lou says hi. I got to see him, my dad, Mayor Lou, and uh, his quote is always, it's a good day when you're above the grass. I'll take that. Any day. So yeah, episode one was in 2019 before the world went to shit. And then all of a sudden, I'm on the air. I have no idea what the hell's going on, as didn't anyone. So I did a few episodes, and then, of course, the shit hit the fan, and the world exploded. And like everyone else, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. But all of a sudden, people are like turning to me saying, Matt, what the hell's going on? Like, I, I just shared the fact that I had no idea what was going on. And I welcomed some really insanely amazing guests in that first season. So literally, episode four of my show was called COVID-19 Explainers, Lung Cancer and the Pandemic, when no one knew anything. And I welcomed then Guidemark CEO Michael Parisi and Andrea Ferris, the CEO of Longevity, which is one of the more dominant, credible lung cancer groups in the country. And we waxed poetic on what the hell's going on. And it was great. On March 27th, that would be episode seven, I welcomed Dr. Matt Lamb from Columbia University Medical Center to do a COVID-19 explainer. An epidemiologist looks ahead when, again, we knew nothing. But people were starting to listen to the show because I'm just as perplexed as everyone else. And I guess people needed to hear a little comedy, a little humor. Four shows later, I'm talking to the head of the Lymphoma Research Foundation on immunotherapy and COVID, and then we did an immunotherapy series with the FDA, a COVID explainer with Jean-Luc Neptune on mental health. That was the spring of 2020. That was what kicked off Out of Patience, and my God, I'm looking at this list, and I'm just astonished at the extraordinary people I've had the absolute privilege to profile here on the show. In fact, I mean, just, I think just last week, I had a Dr. Brad Schaefer from My Feet Are Killing Me, the hit TLC series. I welcomed a guy in studio named Jonathan Nelson who suffered from treatment-resistant major depressive disorder. He went through this incredible treatment where they put magnets in your head. And I joke that <laughs> they controlled him with like an Atari 2600 joystick, but it cured him of wanting to kill himself. Earlier this season, I spoke to a man who was bringing lithium back that explained that 7-Up was originally made of lithium. It was a tonic, like Coca-Cola had cocaine, and it's called 7-Up 
because seven is the atomic weight of lithium and it perked you up. I had the chance to uh, talk at the STAT Summit in late 2022 when I did a whole show with STAT. There was an author named Beverly Zavalta. It's when the doctor gets cancer. I did a show with the American Cancer Society driving lung cancer patients to sign up at fightcancer.org because they were working on some incredible policy efforts. I welcomed Dr. Danielle Carnival, the White House Cancer Moonshot Coordinator, who works directly with the administration. And then an episode I did with Dr. David Fagenbaum. You're going to want to Google this guy or check the episode out. He is an MD, MBA, MSC, FCPP. He did research in the lab on himself to find a cure for his rare disease. I had the chief diversity officer of GlaxoSmithKline on the show. I'm literally staring at a piece of paper with all these names on it, and I'm just freaking out about how extraordinary it's been to have these incredible guests. This show, I'm just so proud of it, and I, I, I have to express so much gratitude to everyone that subscribes and listens to it. I had the chief research officer of Amgen on the show. I welcome the chief mission officer of Finn Partners. I talked to a young adult survivor named Casey Altman who passed away. She is just next level badassery. Please check out Casey Altman, K-A-S-E-Y. She was an extraordinary advocate worth every moment of your time to learn more about her legacy. I welcome fellow podcaster Melissa Boudreaux, host of The Cycle, which is the number one endometriosis podcast in the country. You know, it's like picking your favorite child. I don't really have a favorite, but out of just pure random happenstance, one of the first 10 guests on my show happened to be one of my music idols. Most of you may know I'm a concert pianist, entertainer by trade. And during my undergraduate studies in music, I glommed onto maybe four very specific New Age artists as part of my ethnomusicology program. You might know the names Enya, Yanni, David Lance, George Winston, but John Tesh, like of, of da -na 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 -na, Entertainment Tonight in the 80s and 90s, John Tesh is an extraordinary musician, and he was on my show. I mean, I fanboy a lot with having people on the show, but my God, how, how the hell did I get John Tesh? In any case, it's, it's been such an honor and a, and a privilege to sit down here at the mic, talk to extraordinary human beings about their stories. You know, everything's dark comedy and dark humor, and, 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 and that's, you know, we need levity. We need a little entertainment in the horribleness of all of this. There's nothing good here, and there's all things good here. And I'd be remiss to point out that I had my kids on the show the Kobe Hanna episode of Out of Patience will be put in the show notes because that's one for the books. And I think they were like 10 and now they're 13. So I got to I gotta get it back this summer, I promise. In any case, you know, I, I, I wanted to keep this short. Maybe it is short, maybe it's not. I think I'm at like maybe 12 minutes now, but I'm just reflecting. 300 is a big number. And I just want to thank everyone for making this happen, making this possible, being a supporter, believing in me, telling all your friends to, to subscribe. <laughs> Please like and subscribe. But like anything, there's a great team attached to this show. It's not just me. Behind the curtain, there are extraordinarily talented human beings that make all of this possible. And I want to thank them as well. So without further ado, I'm going to say goodbye now. You're going to hear this next Tuesday as I record this on a Thursday. 
And I want to wish you all happy June, happy Pride Month, have a great summer, and I'll be around. You can guarantee it. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Out of Patience with Matthew Zachary is an Offscript Health production. The executive producers are Matthew Zachary and Andrew McDowell. It's mixed and edited by Kyle Moore. If you like the show, ratings and reviews are always welcome. Leave us a message anytime at 855-AUDIO-66. That's 855-AUDIO-66 to share your healthcare shitness with us. And we might just play them on the air on a future episode. For more information about this show and Offscript Health, visit offscript.com. That's offscript, no T, dot com.